0: They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. When they had come opposite Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace, following day to Napolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river where we supposed there was a place of prayer. We sat down, spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thridia and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, She urged us, saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us.
1: First of all, I'd like to say thank you to Randy. Thank you. I was printing out the reading, and I was like, I am so sorry to whoever has to read this. So many country names. Good to be here with all of you. so we um, are wrapping up the series of stories we tell our um, stories we tell. And Pastor Dave has been preaching the last couple weeks, and he's told stories from his family and um, and from his life and has connected kind of where God was in those moments. And in preparing for this, I thought about the stories that my family have, like the stories that we tell around like every year at the Christmas table or every year at Thanksgiving or um, any time we're together, those stories that just kind of seem to um, always be told. And I realized that in my family, about 90% of the time, it's a quote from a movie. Like we're really good at quoting like Dumb and Dumber. We're not so great at listening to each other. <laughs> Um, and so I realized it's either movie quotes or like really inside joke stuff where like you had to be there like there was one day that um, my brother Ross and I were so my brother Ross he's a last-minute Christmas shopper and he also is like six foot four and has really long legs and we were at a mall one time and he was walking really fast because it was about to close he had to get gifts for the next day and I was legitimately jogging next to him Um, And we were at this mall and then I got hungry and so we wanted to go to Wendy's and Ross said, we'll get Frosties. And I said, can I get a chicken sandwich? And it doesn't land, but to this day, my family goes, can I get a chicken sandwich? Like every time I'm hungry. (laughs) Right? Like they're either stories of like you had to be there or they're movie quotes. So as I was thinking about the stories we tell, I was like, none of them are going to work as a sermon. They're just not going to work in this setting. Um, and I was slightly panicking about it. And then uh, during yoga yesterday, I happened to glance up at my bookshelf and remember that I have this um, children's story that I absolutely love. It's one of my favorite books of all time, and it takes like four minutes to read. Um, but it's beautiful, and the ideas in it are wonderful. And so I thought, instead of sharing a story that, doesn't make sense, or is a comedy from the 90s, however fun that would be, um, I thought I would share this story with you. It's called, What Can You Do With An Idea? Um, And so we're about to watch a video of it being read. So I invite you to take whatever stance you want to for story time. Like you can like sit on the floor if you want, you can do, you know, get comfy um, and check out this story.
2: What do you do with an idea? Written by Kobe Yamada, illustrated by Mae Beesom. One day, I had an idea. Where did it come from? Why is it here? I wondered, what do you do with an idea? At first, I didn't think much of it. It seemed kind of strange and fragile. I didn't know what to do with it. So I just walked away from it. I acted like it didn't belong to me. But it followed me. I worried what others would think. What would people say about my idea? I kept it to myself. I hid it away and didn't talk about it. I tried to act like everything was the same as it was before my idea showed up. But there was something magical about my idea. I had to admit, I felt better and happier when it was around. It wanted food. It wanted to play. Actually, it wanted a lot of attention. It grew bigger and we became friends. I showed it to other people even though I was afraid of what they would say. I was afraid that if people saw it, they would laugh at it. I was afraid they would think it was silly, and many of them did. They said it was no good. They said it was too weird. They said it was a waste of time and that it would never become anything. And at first, I believed them. I actually thought about giving up on my idea. I almost listened to them. But then I realized, what do they really know? This is my idea, I thought. No one knows it like I do. And it's okay if it's different and weird, maybe a little crazy. I decided to protect it, to care for it. I fed it good food. I worked with it, I played with it. But most of all, I gave it my attention. My idea grew and grew and so did my love for it. I built it a new house, one with an open roof where it could look up at the stars, a place where it could be safe to dream. I liked being with my idea. It made me feel more alive, like I could do anything. It encouraged me to think big and then to think bigger. It shared its secrets with me. It showed me how to walk on my hands, because, it said, it is good to have the ability to see things differently. I couldn't imagine my life without it. Then, one day, something amazing happened. My idea changed right before my very eyes. It spread its wings, took flight, and burst into the sky. I don't know how to describe it, but it went from being here to being everywhere. It wasn't just a part of me anymore. It was now a part of everything. And then I realized what you do with an idea. You change the world.
1: good, right? It's one of my favorite uh, stories, and I, um, yeah, I've shared it with my niece and nephew before who've been like, what? Um, but I keep reading it to him because I think it's an important message. I think it's so beautiful. I love the way that ideas are talked about. I love the way that the idea is illustrated as like, kind of like a golden egg with a crown on it, and then if you notice at the end, the little boy is wearing the crown. Um, I love the way that it talks about how with the idea, he felt happier. When the idea was around. I love the way that um, the idea where he feels vulnerable in sharing the idea with others and the part where he talks about how some people didn't get the idea and didn't like it and he started to not believe in it but then realized that it was his idea and he started to defend it and protect it. I like the idea of, about having to pay attention to them and feed them and play with them to wrestle and to use um, a word that's popular around here, to discern with the ideas. I like the, um, I like the continuous illustration that like gets from black and white to all color, and the thought that an idea that starts off as just a small thing that maybe you don't even want to um, even take ownership of can grow to become a huge thing that's shared not only by you, but by everyone. That suddenly everyone has it, and suddenly it has changed the world, and I love that this whole story, it takes some time. The idea starts out small and it gets smaller and then bigger and then suddenly everyone has it. Because ideas are beautiful things, they're these things that we get inspiration from, they're these ideas that can create real change, they are things that are so important in our lives. And I like to think about the way that we can share and pay attention to and help our ideas change the world around us. And so I think about that story that I made Randy read with all of the city and state names in it. Because in it, so here's a little bit of background. So um, Paul is this guy. He's one of the first Christians. He's hanging out. He's a lot in the book of Acts. If you want to learn more about Paul, he, his story's all over in the book of Acts, and then he ends up writing a bunch of letters that are also in the Bible. Um, Paul's one of the first Christians, and he's out. He's kind of spreading the message of the church, of Jesus, around um, in the world. Also, you may have seen this um, Acts 1-8 on the on the painting there. Yeah, that's his book, um, essentially. So Paul is traveling around. He's telling of the ways of Jesus, and he happens upon this kid like, young kid named Timothy. And um, Timothy has been raised, we know, by his mother and his grandmother in the way of Christianity, and so uh, Paul sees a lot of potential and a lot of good things in him, and Paul decides that Timothy's going to come with him on the journey. So Paul and Timothy are setting out, and then they hit a bunch of roadblocks, right? If you remember, they're trying to set sail to all these different places, and the, and it keeps saying, like, the Holy Spirit was blocking them from doing so, or the Spirit of Jesus was stopping them from doing so, which I have no idea what that looked like, but it sounds terrifying, right? <laughs> like, the Spirit of Jesus stopping you from doing something? That's got, you know, Hollywood written all over it. Um, but they keep trying to go these different places, and they, and they keep getting stopped, and it's a time of discernment. And then Paul has, a, in a dream a man from Macedonia telling him to please come and help him. And Paul, it starts off as a small idea. It's from this dream that he has to go there. And what he does is he shares it with his companions and with Timothy, and it says in the scripture, then we decided to go to Macedonia. Paul doesn't decide on his own. He doesn't take his idea and say, this is what we're doing. He shares it and asks others around him, and then they decide to go there. And what happens when they get there is they get to meet with a group of women, and especially this woman named Lydia, who is awesome. I don't have time to get into it right now, but she's great. Um, she dyes cloth purple, which is a royal color. She's the coolest. Um, and they meet her, and in meeting her, she is converted to the faith. She learns from Paul, and then not only is she has she decided to follow Jesus, but her entire household is asked to follow Jesus with her. This small idea, this thing that started in a dream of Paul's to go to Macedonia, ends up changing the lives of an entire household of people. Lydia's entire life has changed, as has the life of, her, of everyone around her. And this small idea goes from Paul and Timothy and his companions to Lydia and her household and spreads on from there. It spreads from... Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth. This is how the gospel is spread. From these small ideas and continuing outward. It's a beautiful thing to think of the way that ideas can do that. And I think about the different ideas here that have started as these small things and have grown to be bigger. Um, one example I have is when I first got here, like within the first couple days, I, held a, um, I had a meeting with Pastor Dave and I said, so we have men's theology pub, but like, why don't women get to get together and drink beer and talk about God? And he was like, yeah, you're probably right. I was like, thanks. Thanks. Um, <laughs> And so I started to think about um, hosting a women's pub theology but then life got busy and I wasn't too sure about it and I was like at the beginning of the book where they were like where the little boy says, I don't even know if I want to be a part of that idea and I wasn't too sure about it. And then speaking of the auction, I was at the auction, the auction for the youth and a member of our congregation came up to me and she said, hey, there's a men's pub theology, why isn't there a women's one? And I was like, I know, right? And there, from that small idea and that backing up, we started to, collect, um, to ask more people about it, and pretty soon we have The Well, where I get to spend uh, one night a month talking about God and spirituality with this group of women that has um, come to be simultaneously really welcoming of everyone that comes to it, whether it's your first time or your hundredth time, and yet also almost a small group that is incredibly supportive of one another. That started off as a small little idea and has grown to, I am not kidding you, change people's lives. Or I think about the ways that like Mission Sunday was just someone's small idea and then it got like a little bit stronger and shared. And now not only are we helping people in this community with that day, but we are helping people around the world with that day or the idea to put um, th- threads here to give people clothing, or the idea of having our mini pantry, or the idea of having Epic 18 and Water's Edge and the table. All of these things that start off as just these small little ideas that were then shared and grown and wrestled with and discerned and dealt with until they have come to change lives and change the world around us. But the thing is, is that we're not done here. The ideas haven't stopped. There are still so many ideas in all of us, ideas for what this community could be, for ideas of what we should do next with our lives, for all the things that we are a part of. And so I think about, um, I got to be a part of just the beginning portion of our congregational conversations, but I heard great things um, about the discussions that happened about dreaming what this place could be like, of having these small ideas, these ideas that were maybe vulnerable and scary to share, but ideas that could change this place and change the world. Ideas that need to be wrestled with and discerned and shared with others, but ideas that are important to this community and to who we are. And I think today about the annual meeting and how there is where we share ideas and where we understand where other people are coming from, where we discern who we are and where we're going, and where we understand a little bit better maybe who we are. I think about all these ideas that we have as a community and how they continue to shape where we are going. So I want to ask you to be brave with your idea, with your little shiny golden eggs with the crown on top of them. Take some time, share it with others, take the time to wrestle with it and discern, take some time to pay attention to it and feed it and love it and um, play with it and see what could happen. Because your ideas are beautiful and they're important and they can change the world.